Hi, I'm Mike Davey, Senior Editor at Delicious Brains. In this episode of the Delicious Brainwaves podcast, we're going to take a look at web analytics. We'll dive into how we can use web analytics to deliver a better user experience, discuss the most important metrics to track, and look at whether or not it's possible to have too many metrics. We'll also discuss how the sunsetting of Google's universal analytics changes the landscape. Our guest today is Christina Inge, an expert on web analytics, content strategy, and SEO. She's the CEO of Thoughtlight, a digital marketing agency and tech consultancy. She teaches web analytics at Harvard and Northeastern University, as well as being the author of Marketing Metrics, Leverage Analytics and Data to Optimize Marketing Strategies. The book takes the reader through all the stages of a data-first strategy, and it's packed with real-life examples of how to leverage data to create data-driven product strategies. Hi, Christina. Welcome to Delicious Brainwaves. Hi, Mike. It's great to be here. Let's start at the beginning. How did you get started on your web analytics journey? Well, you know, it started in the mid-2000s when I was working in trade publishing, actually. I worked for Elsevier in their trade magazine division, and we had two main goals. One was to sell advertising, and one was to ensure that the articles that we published, people wanted to read them. We did not have a lot of good data tools to figure out either of those things other than doing surveys. So my job, I got a job in the market research department, which was a big departure for me. I had previously to that been a, a web developer and a content strategist, ad copywriter. And I was, you know, doing the usual surveys, very interesting information, but slow and painstaking work. And I discovered that there was another department that had just stood up Google Analytics. It was relatively new at the time. And I asked them to show me how this new crazy Google Analytics stuff works. And immediately it was just like my head exploded. I thought, wait, you can find out which articles people are reading, what ads people are clicking on. You can get that level of granular data without you know, sending out a survey and getting like a 5% response rate. You can see everything everyone is doing. <gasps> Sign me up. And so at that point, I was literally just so, so excited to find a better source for all of the data that we were always trying to find and had no very efficient way or very accurate way of doing it. At that point, I was hooked. I read everything I could get my hands on. I went to every workshop that I could afford to go to. I just... It was like a sponge reading and attending everything educational I could. By 2007, I was speaking at a marketing analytics conference, and the rest is history. It was a life-changing moment to discover Google Analytics. Before we get too much deeper, let's, let's define our terms. What are we talking about, really, when we say web analytics? Hmm, good question. So web analytics is the whole discipline of using the data that you can collect on your website visitors to make better and smarter business decisions. And tools are going to vary, but and uh, you know over time it's obviously evolved, but it's the data on how people are interacting with your website, who's interacting with your website, and what's happening off of your website that's driving people to your site and the specific behaviors of all of those different people. So basically it's using data centered around your website to make smarter business decisions. And I can dig into that a little bit more granularly if you'd like. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind, I'm wondering like how can a how can a site owner, say somebody who just owns a site or several sites, 
How can they use web analytics to deliver a better user experience? This is something we work with for our clients a lot at my agency, Thoughtlight. One of the things we see a lot is that people will have a you know beautiful site and it's not converting or it's converting at a rate that's kind of disappointing. And people will wonder, well, what gives? Is it the product? Is it the design? Is it the kind of people who are coming to our website maybe not being the right folks for us? What gives? And one of the things Google Analytics or any web analytics platform can help you identify, in fact, I would recommend using Google Analytics plus some of the more UX-focused analytics platforms out there like Optimizely can tell you as well what gives. It can tell you the interests of the people coming to your website. So you know, for instance, let's say you're a lawnmower company and you are not selling enough lawnmowers on your new site, your new e-commerce site. It can tell you, well, are the people coming to your website in the market for lawnmowers or are they in the market for tractors, for instance? So it'll give you that granular data on who the people visiting your site are in terms of their interests, their psychographics, uh, in other words, the, the things that interest them and the attitudes that they hold, as well as some very basic information on demographics like broad age categories and geographic location. So that can tell you whether it's the people coming to your website. It can also tell you the behaviors people are engaging in on your website. For instance, what depth do they scroll to? Do they hover over things and not click on them? That can tell you that, you know what, it's you're getting, you're reaching the right audience, but you're not giving them the user experience they expect. What if, for instance, you've got this really hidden call to action button and you see using your web analytics, you can see that people are scrolling past it. They're mousing around. They're not clicking on it. Maybe you're confusing them. And if you're, often your gut instinct will tell you something's wrong. And this can verify that. And it can also tell you maybe you're driving traffic from the wrong place. Let's say you know that most of the people who purchase your product come in from search, right? It's something people have to be searching for. And folks who click through on like a social media post uh, to read your blog are usually tire kickers or they're too early in the sales cycle. You can tell that you're getting most of your traffic from those people, those tire kickers, those people early in your sales cycle. And then you can decide what to do. Do you need to invest more in, let's say, paid search to get the right people to your audience? Or do you need to do more to convert those folks who are coming to your site unconvinced from social media? And then you can also test and optimize for those changes you choose to make. It's it's the Swiss army knife of marketing optimization tools is what I like to call web analytics writ large. Let's pull back a bit from just site owners and look at this from a bit of a, a broader perspective, that of a web design agency. How can web analytics help them to serve those clients better? We do this all the time at Thoughtlight. We, we build a lot of websites from e-commerce to you know simple but very impactful enterprise site. One of the first things you want to do as a web designer, web developer, is look at your client's existing analytics and look at that in the light of what are their goals. So for instance, let's say they you're building an e-commerce site and they say we want it to convert better than our existing site. Well, you can use web analytics to determine, well, what aspects of the current site might be getting in the way of conversions, and then you can adjust your design accordingly. So going back to the example, are people just mousing around and not finding what they're supposed to do? Do people use the site search a lot, which will tell you that the information architecture might be 
a little off, right? Because people should not be using the site search constantly like crazy unless it's you're the New York Times or something. So are people behaving in ways that point to a poor UX or to a specific need that's not being met? Maybe the IA, the information architecture made total sense when the site was built, but now site search tells you, which the web analytics will, will indicate, that folks are searching for categories of products that used to be secondary, but are now the main reason they're coming to the site. You got to change the IA, maybe even change the homepage. That's very granular, but that's just one example of how as designers, you can take a look at the analytics and then design around the customer need as reflected in the data. You you can be data-driven and make sound design decisions from the actual way the brand manifests in the design to the IA based on real data. And then hopefully that will also cut down on the number of times you have to convince your client that the, the path you're recommending is actually the smart one. I can't promise anything. It's interesting, really, that you mentioned site search. My journeys into web analytics have mostly focused on, is this doing well? Is this not doing well? Is it popular? Is it unpopular? Is it converting or not? Yes. Getting a little broader, what are, what are just the sort of most important metrics to track? both from the perspective of an individual site owner and a design agency? Well, number one would be conversions. Like, is your site converting? If it's not, then you want to start looking more granularly at, well, why isn't it converting? And that can be everything from poor UI, poor UX, wrong traffic. And so then the most important metrics beyond just conversion rate that you want to track can include things like traffic source. They can include things like what are your top converting traffic sources? What are your lowest converting traffic sources? They can You can look at also just the overall trend of traffic over time. A lot of folks will say that's a vanity metric, but it is a good place to get started. If you're very unfamiliar with web analytics and you want to start somewhere and you feel intimidated by conversion tracking, just start looking at how your traffic is trending over time and where it's coming from. Another and metrics you want to look at is time on your site? How long are people staying? What pages are people looking at? So top content. Is there something, for instance, that people are really, really interested in that they're spending a lot of time on your website to explore? And if so, how can you give them more of that? So time on specific pages, not just time on site can be a really important metric. Conversely, if people used to spend a ton of time on your website and now they're spending less time on it, has your site become less interesting to them? Or conversely, has it become, you know, have you made some changes to your IA or your net or your UX such that it's now easier for people to find what they want? And they all that time they used to spend on your site was just them wandering around lost and hopeless. So <laughs> Metrics mean different things depending on the context of what you've done, what your goals are, and you do want to take all of them within that context. But overall, you, nobody loses out by tracking revenue, conversions, site traffic sources, time spent on specific types of content, anything related to UX, UI, just as for instance, looking at heat mapping, seeing where people are mousing over, as well as anything looking at your conversion rates overall, including micro conversions like signing up for newsletters. You cannot lose by looking at these pieces of data. Are there any common metrics like bounce rate and such like that you think aren't important? And I mean, this could be strictly situational, such as metric X isn't important to business type Y, or it's not important in these situations, although it might be in others. 
absolutely. You brought up bounce rate. That's the number one thing that I see a lot of people obsessing over that they absolutely should not. If you have an e-commerce site, of course, it's important to look at your bounce rate. And just to clarify, bounce rate is the number of people or the percentage of people, because it's bounce rate, the percentage of people who looked at one page and then just bounced left. Obviously, if you are in the business of selling golf balls or phone chargers or what have you, lip balm, and people just go away without buying anything, do you have a problem. On the other hand, if you are Bill's hardware store and your hours are on your homepage and people look at those hours and then they go away, well, guess what? If people are coming into your hardware store, your bounce rate is not a problem. And so I would say if you're a brick and mortar store and you've got a decent homepage that actually tells people what a brick and mortar store's homepage should tell, I don't care about your bounce rate. I care about whether people are coming in the store or not. Minor fluctuations in traffic also don't really matter. So I'm not saying your amount of traffic you're getting overall doesn't matter. But day to day, don't just log into Google Analytics or whatever analytics platform you're looking at and be like, oh, my gosh, we have five fewer visitors than yesterday. It could be the weather. It could be, you know, it could be a game going on. Don't get freaked out. Look at overall trends rather than individual metrics. The other thing is when you're measuring the results of any kind of marketing campaign, like let's say you've done an ad campaign, don't look at the number of clicks it generated because you paid for those clicks and you want to know, did those clicks generate revenue? So look at, first of all, the revenue that those clicks have generated. Did you sell anything based on those clicks or get leads? And then especially look at the profit because you can generate revenue without generating profit, right? You could generate, or at least by and generate low profit. Look at whether the Um, ad campaigns that you're doing, the marketing campaigns you're doing are generating high value traffic of people who are going to be loyal customers, repeat customers, and spend a lot of money with your brand on profitable products. A lot of times in the agency world, we cannot track profit because we just don't have access to people's internal financials. And so we're forced to look at revenue. So we often talk a lot about revenue, but if you can look at the profitability of the traffic that you've generated from any ad campaign and don't focus so much on just the clicks. I mean, clicks are worth less than nothing if you're spending money on them and they're not bringing you any business. Universal Analytics is scheduled to be uh, sunset, I believe, on at the beginning of July 2023. Yes. How does that sort of change the landscape for web analytics? I think overall it gives you much more robust data. And so it's going to give you more predictive analytics. It or It's already available, by the way. And I'm going to share some tips from my friend Chris Penn in a minute. And I highly recommend you subscribe to his newsletter if you want any more. Overall... I think that it's going to give us more data. It gives us much more data in terms of giving us that predictive piece that up until now has been very expensive, predicting what customers are going to be the most likely to convert, for instance. I think that the downside with Google... Google's overall evolution, both on the paid search side and then also on the analytics side, is that more and more of that data is not transparent as to where it's coming from and how it's being calculated. So you'll get predictive analytics, but you won't necessarily get the nuts and bolts of how those predictions were calculated at a level that you would get from another tool. Mostly, however, you're getting overall more data. Some of your favorite reports are going to look different. 
and you'll have to make up for some loss of things that you have gotten used to. Overall, it's a plus. And I think the biggest thing is just people have to learn how to navigate the new system. The other thing I would recommend, and this comes from, again, my friend Chris Penn, who writes a wonderful newsletter on all things analytics, is that you want to get universal analytics running right now because otherwise you are going to have to switch and lose all of the historic data that you're collecting right now in universal analytics when it's only going to be Google Analytics 4. So does that that data does not transfer if you wait too long or it's, it just won't it's just at all? it's just just not going to no it's not going to transfer Okay. So yeah, it's important to get onto Google Analytics 4 as quickly as possible yes. so you can have analytics data. Yes, exactly. And then you can look back as far as possible within what is going to be your new analytics platform. What are some of the security issues regarding web analytics? I would say that from a WordPress standpoint, you just want to make sure that, as always, and the standard advice applies, make sure that you are using a supported plugin that is very well maintained and supported. Don't install random sketchy plugins seems to be obvious advice. But it is something to bear in mind. I think beyond security, though, and again, this really goes into there's plenty more analytics platforms other than Google Analytics, which again, we're again only going to have Google Analytics for is the privacy issues. I'm assuming most of our listeners here are experts and know the issues with WordPress security and with plugin security overall. So one of the things I want to emphasize, though, is you're collecting personally identifiable information if you're doing e-commerce. And you are collecting things that are data that's heavily regulated in the EU under GDPR. It's heavily regulated here in the U.S. under CCPA. And the main security issue is just data breaches, people breaching the PII, the personally identifiable information that you hold. So I would do a couple of things to to manage those security issues. Store your data offline as quickly as possible. So you're running an e-commerce site. You've got a lot of analytics in there beyond just Google Analytics. And you've got people's customer data going back years. Get get that downloaded and stop storing it in your e-commerce platform. Uh, that's when you end. And yes, I know that's going to limit some of the functionality. You're not going to have the ability to automatically recommend a pair of sandals similar to the one that a customer bought five years ago with the presumption that by now it's worn out. But you're minimizing the risk that you're actually violating GDPR and CCPA, both of which mandate that you delete data after you have stopped having a good reason to use it. I think the number one mistake most people make is that they decide that if we have even the faintest excuse to hang on to this data, we're going to hang on to that data. And that's how people end up getting caught up in a very costly, very embarrassing data breach because they've been hanging on to a huge amount of data because there's some faint justification in hanging on to it. So it's really more a data governance issue in terms of how to address the security problems. Get a good data governance policy together. There are so many wonderful templates that you can go um, and get for building a data governance policy in terms of deletion, in terms of access. That's another really big security problem is that you're, you give literally like every random person 
um, who's maybe writing a blog for your organization, access to your whole site. You make everybody an admin because it feels easier and simpler. And next thing you know, everybody coming in the door has access to the PII of like tens of thousands of your customers. Stop doing that, people. Gotcha. I haven't actually looked at the GPDR or the American equivalent, but I'm, I'm wondering how well those laws define what a legitimate reason to keep the data is or what a legitimate time period, or if it's just one of those situations where they just let courts decide, well, you know what? No, you didn't. Like looking back, you didn't have a legitimate reason. So here's a giant fine. <laughs> well, a, a little of both. I mean, if you read the GDPR and because this is my business, I, I, I've actually read the entire law multiple times, which is not the best way to spend a Saturday night, <laughs> but useful. It will strictly, it's very strict. You often have to delete data within 30 days of the last time you used it, for instance, to fulfill somebody's order. However, that there's vagueness in all of these laws saying that you can hang on to data if you absolutely need it to serve a customer. So theoretically, you can hang on to stuff for a very long time with some justification. And yes, at that point, the courts decide. What are some of the resources that you could recommend for our listeners who want to get deeper into this topic? You did mention your friend Chris's newsletter, which we will link to in the show notes. But I'm wondering if there's anything else you can recommend to our listeners as a course of action. You know, I have written a book and I would recommend that book as well. I will share a link with the discount code for all of your listeners, but I can tell you the book is available on Amazon. It's called Marketing Metrics, Leverage Analytics and Data to Optimize Marketing Strategies, and it's out now from Kogan Page. I would recommend that, but not to be self-serving here, I would highly recommend a couple of other sources. One is a blog called Occam's Razor by Avinash Kaushik. He is really the one of the forefathers of all things analytics. Outstanding blog written with just so much personality and a very pointed point of view that is spot on. I would strongly recommend going there. The Digital Analytics Association is a wonderful industry group that has some certifications. I'm pursuing one of them right now because I feel like, you know, even though I'm a professor of analytics, you have to keep pushing yourself to put yourself in the student's shoes. And if you're getting started, they're incredibly valuable. The other thing is if you come at it from a web development or a creative side, one thing I found valuable is that this actually gives you more of the data science background, which I have lacked. If data science is not your thing, maybe this would not be the place to go. But it, if you do want to get more proficient in terms of just the actual data science, that would be a great place to go. There's also a good book out by Michael Loban, L-O-B-A-N, called Crawl, Walk, Run, which is how specifically to use the Google marketing platform to improve your analytics maturity. So it's, it's a very specific niche book that I think is very interesting to people in the WordPress community because it's about getting on that grassroots level and growing your analytics practice step-by-step. Step. And that book's just $6, so you, you can't lose by getting that book. It's a Kindle book. That does sound like something that would be right up our listeners' alleys. Now, is there anything else that you wanted to that you wanted to discuss or let us know? Don't be afraid to get started with analytics. I think that a lot of times people are either intimidated by the tools. Right now, nowadays, you don't need to know anything about data science and you the math you need to know is simply basic arithmetic. 
in order to get started with analytics. So there's no reason not to. A lot of times also people are afraid of what the numbers are going to tell them that, you know, something's not working, but it's kind of, it's important to get that diagnosis so you can start to treat the problem. So don't be afraid of getting started with analytics. Also, don't feel like you have to, again, run before you crawl or walk. Do a little bit every day, just become what I call a data-driven organization. In other words, look at your metrics instead of making decisions based on gut instinct and you will not go wrong. That's a matter of having consistency. It's not about big spurts of, oh, let's go build, go look at our data, really dive into it like for two days and then ignore it for the rest of the year, which you see a lot of organizations do. So if you do it differently and you are consistent in using your data, you're going to be a thousand steps, a thousand percent ahead of any of your competitors because you're consistent with it. And that's actually quite rare. Yeah. Consistent effort usually seems to work out a lot better than spurts of really high amounts of effort and in pretty much every area that I've ever seen. Consistency is just literally how you survive life. Yeah, pretty much. You just show up. You know? yeah. Yep. Show up. Even if you're, and, and I guess maybe this is some life advice too. Just show up. Good days, bad days. It doesn't mean every single day you do 110%. You show up. Some days you're having a 150%, 200% day. Some days you're having a 60% day. Don't beat yourself up about one or the other. Just consistently do a little bit at a time every single day if you are not literally feverish and deathly ill. Even if all you can do is answer three emails on a day, don't be ashamed of that, but at least answer the three emails. I think that people are today and I'm going to sound like an elderly lady curmudgeon now by saying people today are so caught up in perfectionism that we lose sight of the fact that it's actually consistency, not perfection of one day's effort that gets you somewhere. So don't, don't freeze if today you're only going to do 70 to 80% of your absolute best. As long as you don't cause a serious disaster, that 70 to 80% is better than not showing up at all. And that's for analytics, marketing, development, everything. But again, I'll put my marketing hat back on and stop giving out life advice, but I have to share that. Well, I mean, in a lot of ways, it is marketing advice too. show up. And that's it. Yeah. Just show up one foot in front of the other. And that's a wrap for another episode of Delicious Brainwaves. I'd like to thank our guest, Christina Inge, for filling us in on web analytics and giving us some life advice. As always, you can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another episode of Delicious Brainwaves.